Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name's Jeremy. And we're here to discuss X-Men, number 53, the February 1969 issue titled The Rage of Blastar. Blastar. Arr. Is it talk like a pirate day? I don't know. Is, is it Blastar or is it Blastar? <laughs> I have no idea. Nor do I care. I mean, this is actually a really good ep- uh, issue. That we should I'm do. betting it wasn't Blastar. <laughs> I think it's Blastar. Blastar! I'm Blastar, the gray lion-faced man who has a gorilla face and a lion's mane. I believe he is a Fantastic Four villain. I was going to say Fantastic Four or Avengers, but uh, you would know probably better than I. He's certainly not... I, I don't actually know, <laughs> I'm guessing. He is certainly not a classic X-Men villain. No sirree, Bob. And uh, so he's on the cover, and he's whipping X-Men left and right. He's, he's like a right cross or something to Beast's head, and he flings Iceman aside. Marvel Girl... Oh, so yes, thank you. <laughs> Marvel Girl and Iceman look on while Angel flies in. So yeah, that's about all I have to say about that cover. It's uh, interesting. We should take a look here at the credits before we really get into anything. Stan Lee returns as our editor. I guess he never left, but uh, he's still there as the editor. Arnold Drake is our writer. Barry Smith is our artist, whoever that is. Michael D. is our inker. And whatever, whoever that is, what are you talking about? I don't know any Barry Smiths that draw comic books. There's no Barry Smith ever. Well, perhaps if you travel out to the lands of Windsor. (laughs) I have no idea what you're speaking about because I read this issue and I looked at the art and it does not look like a Barry Smith from Windsor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody starts somewhere. You think it's the same Barry Smith? I know it is. Really? Yeah. Did you look it up? I did. Oh, okay. It is the legendary Barry Windsor Smith. Wow. Is this his debut issue, or is this just like one of his starter issues? I don't know, but this is his debut issue of X-Men. Mm. I'm sure we'll see him uh, again, the promising career of Mr. Barry Smith. What about this Michael D. Fo- fella? Oh, he comes from Baltimore. <laughs> yes, if you go to the michaeld.wikia.com, you can find out all of the details. No, I don't know who Michael D. is. Do you think Michael D. and Barry Smith come as a team? Um, well, now I do, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I, I'm wondering um, what's going on with the X-Men sales at this point, because we had our Jim Starenko... Or um, what was the the credit? The other issue was like, do we even need to tell you? Yeah, uh, and for two whole issues, two whole and three is- whole covers, exactly. And now we're I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, whatever. I guess we just jump right into it, huh? I bet you Barry Smith stays with the comic. Wait, did book you before. mention Herb Cooper, the letterer? I did. 
Props you to did? Herb. Oh, Absolutely. I, I missed it. Yeah. Legendary Herb Cooper. <laughs> um, I got to imagine that uh, Barry Smith is going to stick with this title for quite a while, and uh, we're going to get a nice run of Barry Smith art. We'll find out next <laughs> issue. Well, anyways, we get a nice splash panel of uh, Blastar, and he is in negative space. And apparently he has been banished there by somebody. Not sure who. We could assume the Fantastic Four, maybe. Yeah, he doesn't say. He does not really say. Um, and apparently, I don't know if it's on this page. There's a lot of like a, a, um, a dialogue here. Um, plundering. Yeah, the gist of it is he's trapped in negative space. If he goes to Earth, he gets destroyed. Yeah. But he really wants to go to Earth so he can kill it. I think he it he is antimatter and the Earth is matter. So if he were to enter Earth's atmosphere, he would instantly be disintegrated or something. But uh, yeah, Adam, you basically summarized two whole pages in you know whatever one or two sentences you just spoke there. There's a lot of well, dialogue. I knew it had to be done. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, he 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 will avenge something because he demands vengeance. So he kind of like heads towards earth because he knows that at some point somehow he's going to figure out a way to get back to the planet earth it's kind of like he's orbiting it yeah just waiting for the right opportunity and i guess to his luck (laughs) and the uh, credit of this story we switch focus now to one of the professor's science labs in the mansion where we have beast marvel girl and cyclops all experimenting with some of the professor's equipment. And I have to say, these X-Men look horrible. <laughs> They're all very round. It's very Fred Himbecky. Yeah, it is. I got to be honest, I don't really mind uh, Marvel Girl's chest region, but everything else is a, a complete <laughs> disaster here. It's, you know, fat heads. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. Well, Marvel Girl's feet are rather tiny yeah i think that's uh an attempt to do some perspective like she's leaning way far forward maybe hmm. maybe not actually now that you mention it, it is totally totally out of whack like maybe that back foot uh the right or the left foot rather is kind of in the background but still that would make the right foot very very tiny not sure well anyways uh i guess they found this fantastic machine and uh the professor was experimenting with Marvel Girl and how to use some of this machinery to, I guess, probe great distances. And this particular one can transmit her essence into deepest space, which I have to ask, why? Yeah, I was going to ask the same <laughs> thing. Why would you want to do that? Was the professor looking for space mutants? <laughs> So for whatever reason, they're probing deepest space and Cyclops has obviously got some concern for Marvel Girl saying, boy, I wish we could have found some sort of other test subject and not use you as the test subject. And Marvel Girl's all like, well, there's no lab animals for this, so I'm going to do it. But don't worry, I'll be super careful. (laughs) Super careful. (laughs) I'll be super careful. Super is bolted. And, of course, as you can well predict, things don't quite go as planned. I guess she starts probing space, but uh, 
She starts getting a tingling sensation. Her body starts vibrating. She's, this sounds sexy. Yeah. I'm like, wow, she's getting a space orgasm here. <laughs> Ooh, <tingly. laughs> all these little black dots appear all around the, the room. Yeah. she's. Uh, that's uh, to um, indicate euphoria, I believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, Ooh, oh, don't stop it again. Oh, my gosh. But then I guess it gets a little too much for her. And uh, I think from off panel, it's Cyclops who says, we must get to the main fuse. Hold on, Gene. And using something, either an optic blast, a hand or whatever, uh, we hear a bwack. And Marvel Girl falls out of the machine, I guess. Well, she's still in the machine because in the next two panels, Cyclops and Beast go in for the rescue and they're they're in the the black dot space. Yeah, she's not. But like, if you look at the very first panel of this page, she's connected to the machine. Like her head is like pressed against a couple of diodes or whatever. And there's a couple of other beams that are like radiating against her head. After the bawack, um, there are lots of little black dots, but there's no machinery around. But if you look in that first panel, the little black dots are coming out of the shower nozzle connected to her head. Is she just taking a super sexy shower? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and Beast and Cyclops are like, yeah, don't worry, Marvel girl. We're going to probe space. <laughs> uh, yeah, could you just take it off? <laughs> There's space bubbles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry, baby. It's perfectly normal. Well, anyways, uh, so she falls to the ground. Cyclops uh, is commanding Beast to get her to the treatment center. But Beast does not. So Cyclops decides that he will. And we get a nice picture of them embracing Cyclops and Marvel Girl, that is. Well, he's more or less picking her up. Yeah, but in the next panel, if we go to the next page where we have even larger heads. I mean, we have like watcher-sized <laughs> heads here. I mean, these are huge heads. Uh, there's an embrace, you know. Well, sort of. It's not like... Yeah, I mean, they're not in the throes of love or anything, but but still, you know, Marvel Girl's like, what happened, Scott? Oh, oh, the machine is still operating. <sighs> <laughs> Etc. Uh, but Cyclops... She doesn't know what effect the machine can have without a human brain directing it. And uh, we learn that the effect that it has is that it's um, sucking up energy like a sponge. Yes, soaking up every last drop of energy from our atomic generator. Wow, they have an atomic generator. I wonder if they had. Yeah. To, I wonder if they had to get a permit for that. It seems pretty serious. You'd think that that like the permit process for that alone to blow their cover. Yeah, we're gonna install an atomic generator underneath our school for gifted children. Is that a problem? Well, anyways, small atomic generator. It turns out that it's not a problem for Blastar because he senses something pulling at him towards the Earth, and he's worried that as soon as he uh, pierces the Earth's atmosphere, he'll be destroyed. But but it turns out, how is this? I'm within the atmospheric periphery now, yet my antimatter substance is not exploding. There is but one answer. What is that answer? Blastar lives again. <laughs> Everything else is ancillary. Blastar lives again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so then we flip back to the 
mansion's laboratory. I guess I assume we're in the mansion. I'm not really sure, but uh, Beast is heading towards the machine because they they're tr- still trying to turn it off because of all these little black atomic dots or whatever they are. Space bubbles are getting everywhere. There you go, space bubbles. Thank you. And it's at this point before Beast can get to the overload switch or whatever that Blast Star shows up out of the space bubbles. And uh, rather than Blastar being like, oh, thanks for bringing me to the Earth so that I can wreak havoc upon you, he's like, hmm, you are going to learn a sorrowful experience. Well, no, I mean, first he says, you are not mistaken, my feeble friend. He calls him a friend. Uh, Well, yeah, but what you see in front of me is the all-powerful, unequaled presence of the new master of Earth, Blastar. Well, he figures the Beast will accept that. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's like, friend? And Beast comes out <laughs> headlong and he's like, what not, friend? At which point, Blastar attacks Beast. He shoots uh, laser beams from his hands. That's apparently Blastar's power. <laughs> apparently. So Beast goes flying backward. We flip to the next page and... Where Beast is gone. He's dead. In fact, Beast is gone for several pages, leading me to believe that he is dead. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. Maybe we don't have to finish that horrible origin story. <laughs> well, no. I mean, they're, they're still going to tell the origin. But what's the point? He's dead. <laughs> well, he's, we have to know how it ends right, and how he got to this point of death. So Marvel Girl sends out a telepathic message to the rest of the team, uh, which is basically just Angel and Iceman at this point, saying that there's danger and that the they are needed. So they spring into action. Iceman says, it's Jean, she's in trouble. And then Angel makes fun of Iceman for stating the obvious. Yeah. She's and the then one. Iceman says, I think you're almost ready for a nose full of ice cubes, bird brain. Now aside Yeah, yeah. Now aside from that nose full of ice cubes, bird brain, did you when as you were reading this, did this seem like typical Arnold Drake writing, or did it seem like it had some other influences? It seemed like typical Arnold Drake writing to me, but really? what what do you uh what are you what are you what are you gleaning on? I don't know. It just seemed very wordy. Um, more wordy than Arnold Drake has been in the past. I don't know if Barry Smith had like some some input into the story, or if he helped write the dialogue or whatever. But it just seemed I feel like it's wordy because there are less panel and everybody in it is bigger. <laughs> that could be how. Like, I read the story. The first Stanley's like, I read the story with uh, your original words, and it only took me two minutes to get through it. <laughs> Can you add more words? It's the Marvel way, you know. Fine. Yeah, that could be. Okay. Well, anyways, um, so after the bird brain comment, Iceman uh, says, well, you know, I'll do that after we uh, figure out what's going on. So they head down to find out what's going on. Help is on the way. So Blastar apparently, as as you mentioned, has killed Beast, disintegrated him or something like that because he's no longer here. It's just uh, Cyclops and Marvel Girl. Well, I, the reason that I thought that is because he t- he he says he teaches him a lesson that can only be taught but once. Mm. So you know, 
that would lead to it kind of implies that he's killing him yeah and if you actually look at the panel on page six it does look like he's blasted in half oh yeah yeah i mean there's there's just there's like the top half of him and then red and then the bottom half of him so you know i'm with you anyways marvel girl's kind of like Oh, psych. It was me. I did it meddling with that machine of the professors. And he's all like, skip it for now, Marvel girl. And then he picks her up. Or no, I guess he tur- I he crouches. Well, she shrinks in this panel. I know. He's huge. <laughs> Look at him. He's like a giant ogre. And what happened to her arms? She like broke her arms. They're <laughs> flailing behind her. And they're very very skinny like they're very disproportionate to the rest of her body let alone his body <laughs> i mean she's just basically an oversized doll in his hands it's amazing yeah it's a, it's a very odd panel so cyclops is like marvel girl my second power is the ability to grow <laughs> i'm gonna go get blastar now um so, yeah anyways so uh he's like oh he took out the beast he's no cream puff so uh, this is gonna be tough and Blastar is like, yep, it is. I'm tough. I'm strong. I'm not going to make this simple for you. Uh, how can you uh, attack me in one front? That's not a good strategy. At w- <laughs> no, I mean, which is, which is a good point, right? And then it's at this point that uh, Angel comes out and rather than just like silently attacking, says, well, let me tell you about our other strategy. We're going to open a second front. Uh, while somebody attacks you from the ground, I'm going to attack you from the air because I fly. Here we go. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> and Blastar is impressed by the flying human, shoots at him, isn't able to hit him. So he decides there's a much simpler means of handling Angel. And he shoots, he puts his arms behind his back and shoots into the ground and flies into the air. Apparently, his own ability is to propel himself through space by emitting energy directly from his body. He's a living rocket aimed at his vitals. He's going to take out Angel's vitals. Once he reaches the Angel, uh, the same height as the Angel, he stops with the flying and uh, just uppercuts him. And And then, oh, hits him again with a big foom. Right in the back, too. Yeah. So, and then I don't know where they are. They're on some sort of ground. Yeah, something breaks here. So Angel is punched through maybe a wall. And then there's a lot of green in this next panel. So I don't know if they're up, down, sideways, or what's going on. It says, here above the sleeping city, you will find your final resting place. What? Are they above the city? I don't know where they are. It's very confusing. <laughs> I agree. Anyways, uh, Iceman's like... Maybe they're still in the City of Mutants. Maybe that's their new headquarters. Oh, okay. Everything's taking place in the City of Mutants now. Another second or two and Warren has had it. But how do we get up there in time? So maybe, while it's not drawn very well, maybe they are way up in the air above Westchester or whatever city is next to the mansion. But there's a floor. There's a floor and a wall. I'll I'll give you that. It actually kind of looks like a... uh, a highway uh, divider on the one side there. Yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking like a bridge or something. Something like that, absolutely. So, I mean, it looks like they're about three feet off the ground, but... I'm just going to pretend they're on the roof. Of the mansion? That would work. Yeah. That would work, okay. 
And uh, Blastar, you know, he's from space or wherever he's from, so he doesn't really know too much about where, what cities are. So he could assume that, yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is a city. Anyways. Um, so Iceman wants to go help, but Psyche says, you better go check out Beast because he was knocked out and he's probably dead. <laughs> and uh, this is like four pages later, we get our first mention of what happened to Beast. So Iceman He's goes okay. So Iceman goes over to Beast and gives him mouth to mouth resuscitation, which Beast says finally. <laughs> oh wait, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, Iceman does kind of go over there and says, "Ah, oh, he's battered, but he's fine." Uh, let me let me at him. I've seen him in worse shape from touch football. It's at which this point that Ice or um, Cyclops decides that he's going to enact his tricky gamble. Which is to shoot the floor, and which, he, which I guess is causing him to fly, sort of. Yeah, it's a, mean, is, is that what we're getting at here? It's hard to tell. The slightest miscalculation could send me sky high, and the trip down would be sheer disaster. And he is kind of elevated, so I, I don't know if his intention is to be propelled upward or if he's. I don't know what he's doing, to be quite honest. Well, I think there's a hole in the roof now, and he's trying to shoot himself up through the hole in the roof. Oh. Well, okay. We've we've discussed this before, that Cyclops's um, optic blasts are a force and not heat, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I, think, I mean, you would have to have a... I mean, he so they're on the ground level. So Because if he was on, like, the first floor and there was a basement he would theoretically shoot through the floor before he would actually be able to reach something that would give him a solid enough, uh, you know, uh, space to propel him upward, right? So he's shooting himself up through the, the, the floor, uh, through the basement, then he lands on the floor, then he shoots himself up through the roof. Yes. Meanwhile, Blastar and Angel are still kind of grappling with one another, I'm surprised at this point that Angel's not dead because, as I've talked about before, Angel's only power is that he's like you or me, like obviously right. a little bit more muscular and fit. He probably works out of the gym and whatnot. Probably has a six pack, but other than that, you know, he just has wings. So this guy is from space and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and propels himself around space through energy beams that he emits through his body. What hope or chance does Angel have against him? Well, Angel's got himself huddled together in a, in a little like uh, in a little boxing uh, block. Oh, sure. So he's just taking the brunt in in his arms. So he's he's playing an aeropa dope. So at one point, like as soon as Blastar types tires himself out, that's when Angel unleashes his fury. Right. Yeah, I don't know what happens. <laughs> or flies away. Um. So Angel says, "Hey," or thinks to himself, "Hey, what's that sound from below?" Which I guess is Cyclops. Uh, as if the answer, uh, uh, as if in answer, one single bolt of optic energy lashes out at the antimatter man, and for some reason, Blastar is now upside down. So does that mean that Cyclops is on the roof with them? I don't know. He could have shot upward to knock. I, I I don't know where he is either. I really, I don't know where he is. So we go back down. To uh, where Beast was originally thought killed, and apparently he's not dead. Angel, I'm sorry, Marvel Girl is working with him to try to get him out of his, acom- or his coma. And Beast <laughs> is kind of like, no, I want Iceman, not you. <laughs> Icky girl. 
Iceman slips him a whiff of frozen oxygen from his finger. <laughs> Not too much, though. Don't want to injure the lung tissue. So I got to wonder, like, when he was, you know, when the professor was around, like, how many times did they practice this technique? <laughs> you know, Iceman, one day one of your colleagues is going to be unconscious. What you're going to need, if you don't have smelling salts, is frozen oxygen. And apparently, okay, it, Professor, fine. I'll give it a try. Sounds good. Apparently, it works. Uh, Beast wakes up and he's none the worse for wear. Basically, talking in the same big long words and ready to spring into action. Iceman comments about his. He, he hoped that the big words would go away. Sadly, but they did not. They didn't. Nope. Um, hey, if you look at panel five here on page eleven. Mm -hmm. there's some stairs that look like they go into some wreckage. Where did those stairs come from? <laughs> those aren't stairs. That's a posing area. See how Iceman <laughs> is making a pose? <laughs> Iceman definitely is making a pose. And he's definitely <laughs> he's got his hands out like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. You guys stay here. I got this. Hold up. I'm going to run up the uh, posing stairs, <laughs> and I'm going to make a killer pose. <laughs> That's their stage, right? That's where Marvel yeah. Girl puts on new outfits and all the teams, like, that's kind of their runway, basically. Yeah, yeah. They turn on some disco music. Okay, well, anyways, so Iceman does go up those stairs, but then apparently comes right back down because he's right next to Marvel <laughs> Girl again. Uh, Yeah, and Marvel Girl's got a plan, and um, and Iceman's pretty upset that the woman of the group has a plan. He says, sometimes I think we made our biggest goof when we gave woman the vote. Here, here, Iceman, saying the <laughs> things we all think and believe. I can't. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is definitely telling of the era in which this comic book was written, don't you think? Can you imagine, like, this day and age, 2012, somebody leans over to Marvel Girl and they're like, I can't believe we gave you the vote. <laughs> First of all, it wouldn't work because she's dead. But second of all, it's just a pretty bold statement. Anyways, uh, so he does kind of recognize, like, all right, brain lady, What's this big notion of yours? She has him whip up two ice mannequins. No, I guess four ice mannequins. Yeah. That she is going to use her telekinetic waves to propel to make an army. A dandy little army. Well, well yeah. <laughs> what other kind of army would you have? Exactly. Can't hold out much longer. So now Iceman. Wait, now, are they all on the roof? They are, yeah, I guess so. Because if you look at the <laughs> next panel, Cyclops is now blasting at Blastar, and Marvel Girl's in the same panel, so it's like, I'm so and she's like, out of the way, psych. She does say that, so maybe between panels, her and the uh, fake uh, mannequin, ice, ice mannequins, made their way upstairs. Well, she can fly. Yeah. And it looks like Beast just finished climbing up something in the next panel so maybe he climbed up okay and maybe she raised the ice men up with her all right it's just very it's very quick let's put it that way yeah it's, it's, well, yeah. it's not good pacing it's, it's missing something it's, here it, yeah the, the the whole i mean we don't know where the action's happening so the whole construction of this thing is very <laughs> not well done agreed 
So anyways, Beast says, uh, let me introduce you to my ice army or something like that. And uh, so it's Beast trailed with a couple of ice mannequins who I guess are animated by Marvel Girl's um, telekinesis. And Beast gets his delicious sweet revenge by punching Blastar across the face and Blastar goes flying. Yeah. And once Blastar kind of comes around and regains his senses, he sees these ice creatures coming towards him, which Beast calls, Go finish him off, Company F, for Frigidaire. It's terrible. <laughs> just, just terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible dialogue. And the ice men start, which Company now F. there's only two of them, uh, they start pouncing, uh, uh, pounding Blastar, and they they got their one of them's got his uh, hands around his neck, and his hand is gigantic because I thought Blastar was pretty big, but in this next panel, this guy's hand is bigger than Blastar's head. No, 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 you got it all wrong, Adam. I don't know how yours is colored, but in the third panel, the big hand around Blastar's neck is green, so I can only speculate that the Hulk jumped in and was like, mm, Blastar, <laughs> Hulk smash. And then before the next panel could happen, Hulk jumped away. Okay. Is yours green or is it white? Yeah, it's it's green. But oh, the, well, um, there you go. It's totally the Hulk. The the Icemen are kind of shaded green, so I just made the connection. <laughs> well, you're wrong because it's clearly the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're right, actually. It's the Hulk. <laughs> and, Yet another Hulk cameo. Yep. <laughs> second Hulk cameo. No, not the second. The first Hulk cameo. Anyhow, uh, so in the next panel... The I and so Marvel Girl must just have amazing control over her telekinesis because think about it if you were to make an ice mannequin, I mean, this thing would be rigid, frozen, and if you tried to move it, it would probably shatter, right? This is an awesome plan, but these she things do this all the time. I know these things are like literally extra team members, they're moving and punching and. In fact, they're better than extra team members because you can you can send them in and no one's going to get hurt. Yeah, except for the enemy. I mean, Blastar's getting pretty well hurt here. He's getting beat up by a basically an inanimate object. They're totally expendable army buddies. <laughs> I don't know why they don't do this every time. But then uh, Blastar kind of gets wise or regains his senses or something. But he basically shatters... Um, well, first they fall through a hole. Correct. That is an important key. But as they fall through that hole, I mean, the ice mannequin, look at his face. He looks like he's in pain. Yeah. You know what that means? Well, Mar Marvel Girl kind of like uh, empathized with the uh, ice statue and made his yeah, mouth. She's controlling that face. Yeah, she's like, oh, poor ice mannequin falling down the hole. <laughs> I'm going to give you a scream of agony. Oh. And, uh, yeah, they fall down the hole, and then it's at this point that uh, Blastar regains his senses and blasts the ice mannequin and realizes that his enemy is melting away. And then... Yay! This is way better than Iceman's usual gimmick of just creating an ice wall. Totally. Or, or freezing him in an ice block. Which they inevitably break out of. Yeah. Uh, this lasted, like, a couple pages. I know. Best use of Iceman's powers yet. Marvel Girl is the team leader. I voted. I, I totally, totally agree. Blastar says, All of Earth shall 
Tremble before me, and soon every solar system will feel my might. And he's basically proclaiming his victory over defeating the inanimate ice creature. When all of a sudden, he screams out in pain. Arg! <laughs> and then we get an awesome panel of Cyclops skydiving into the room while blasting. Look at his pose. Yeah, he's literally descending like a like an angel. I mean, he's got his it's, legs kind of... Cool. His legs are off to the side, yeah. and he's got his arms up behind him. Like he, Yeah, like totally repelling with his optic beams. I bet you this is going to become a staple of his powers to kind of just like move around with his optic beams. <laughs> Don't you think, Adam? He's like Jesus Christ optic beams. Kind of, yeah. Hands outstretched like that. Legs are too cocked for the the bottom of the cross, but... Anyways, yeah, you know, Blastar is a uh, kind of being engulfed in some more space bubbles, and uh, Marvel Girl's a little confused. Somebody off panel says it was a wild energy from Professor Xavier's machine that freed him, and the water from the melted ice mannequin formed a power link between Blastar and that electricity. Yeah, and so. Uh... It's actually, it appears to be killing him, and Marvel Girl is is pretty upset by this. I can't stand to watch it. I know he was evil, but he was a living being even so. I mean, I even gave those ice creatures faces just because <laughs> I felt bad about them. She's very sensitive. This is what happens when we give women the vote, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's torn up, and you know, I can't, I can't really blame her because realistically she's the one that was tinkering around with the machines and brought this guy into supposedly existence or what they know as existence and then you know 25 30 minutes later they're 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 disintegrating him in space bubbles she should feel bad yeah i feel bad cyclops on the other hand is like well against the lives and the future of the whole world which ain't exactly perfect but it's what it's all we got but I started this whole thing. I brought him here to Earth, and now he's dead. Not exactly, uh, honey. Blastar's basic energy was evil, pure, unadulterated hate. And wherever men live with hate in their hearts, Blastar lives there too. That is the cheesiest explanation <laughs> ever. <laughs> wherever there is hate, there is Blastar. You didn't kill him. You just killed an idea. But that idea will never die. So it'll be back. So you're not a killer. <laughs> no, no. Blastar was killed, and she should feel terrible for it. Right. And Angel says, look who rides again, Chief Pigfoot, the happy, if heavy-handed warrior beast. But we already knew Which this. Which it's, it's like, why does he say that? Uh he he had been riding all all right. And he was unconscious for a while, but he regained consciousness. I feel like this is like a leftover panel where they're like, where are we going to put this panel? Right. I know. Let's put it at the end. Okay. Let's mm. put uh, How can we? Oh, uh, to paraphrase Mark Twain, the reports of my death were grossly and unappropriate. Can't even read that word. Exaggerated. Um, Yeah. Everybody knew he was alive. So no surprise here. Supermouth sounds better than ever. Next, and he'd better stay that way for the next ish. When the cry goes out, Cyclops wanted dead or alive, which was the same caption at the end of the last issue. Really? 
So yeah. are you Last telling... She was next, Cyclops wanted dead or alive. Are you telling me that this may have been a filler issue? I think it was. I find that hard to believe. I believe that the <laughs> Blastar legacy will go on into infamy within the uh, X-Men's um, history. Yeah, yeah. Um, as will Barry Windsor Smith. We don't know that, Adam. It could just be Barry Smith. Barry Windsor Smith's uh, untalented brother. It is. It says so in the omnibus. It says it says that this is this is the Barry Windsor Smith. Yes. Wow. But that omnibus is really helpful. I know. So there's these like uh well basically the omnibus is merely a collection of the Marvel masterworks put together. Oh. So the intros to all the Marvel masterworks would give out the information is is they're they're kind of wedged in between like every ten issues. Wow, that's kind of cool. So I just read those. All right. Well, uh, we're not done yet, folks. We have a. Uh, oh, I was hoping we would skip it this week. Yeah, we, Adam, we we read the first three parts, and then we four. read it four, and then we also read it way back in issue fifteen or whatever. We can't stop now. <laughs> The second origin of the beast. Everybody wants more beast. This one says that this it's one. this one says that it's from the X Men's family album. Oh yeah, because uh, <laughs> they they have a family album where they they drew all this stuff. I don't know, but it sounds so uh, so quaint, like oh, from the X Men family album. Let's talk about the uh, the raping of Beast's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this one's called "Welcome to the Club, Beast," and this one is uh, edited by Stan Lee, written by Arnold Drake, designed by Werner Roth, inked by John Tartaglioni, and lettered by Gene Simic Izzo. What? Hmm. I wonder what that means. Is that like Artie's wife, Jean? Could be. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Anyways, um, God, let's I'm... do this one up fast. Because uh, we're recording it a second time. Oh, don't tell him that, Adam. <laughs> we'll cut it out if you don't want him to hear it. This is from the X-Men's family album, and I'm so happy that this is the end of the Beast's story because of all of the X-Men, I'm going to be honest, I think Beast is my least, my least favorite. Really? Yeah, I think so. And so the fact that he's gotten two origins kind of makes me mad. <laughs> Whereas Angel's got none. Yeah, well, I don't really care for Angel all that much either, I suppose. But I guess I would take an Angel over a Beast. Where do you sit on the whole X Men uh, favoritism ladder? I like Marvel Girl and Cyclops. Yeah, you don't like any of the other ones. The other ones are okay. I can give them, take them, depending. I like Beast nowadays. I think Does ba- that count for anything? No. I think based on, I would agree with that, but let's pretend that now doesn't exist and what we're reading is <laughs> the only history that, that exists. I would say based on everything that we, we've read to date, uh, definitely Marvel Girl is my favorite, probably because she's a redheaded girl. That doesn't hurt. And she does seem to have like the best plans uh, and then maybe followed prob- probably by Cyclops because he's the only other one that's got kind of a compelling backstory even though sometimes it gets pretty lame the other guys are pretty flat don't you think 
I would say yes. The other guys are pretty flat. Um, Iceman's probably the least flat of the other three. I'll give you that. But he's just annoying. Yeah, so Marvel Girl, Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, Beast, I guess is how I'd rank the X-Men in terms of my favorites. You? Professor X. He's dead. He don't count. (laughs) Um, I would have to say uh, Blastar, Chico, (laughs) Magneto. Toad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, uh, the Conquistador and Chico are standing next to their solar generator ready to collect the power of the sun itself or something like that. And Beast is passed out on the floor. Yes, he's passed out on the floor on this page, but if you turn the page, apparently he's faking it. Yeah, and he he notices that there's a lot of commotion going on, and he feels that he could probably just sneak away with all of this bad guy gloating that's occurring. But he sneaks directly at the Conquistador, who whips out his uh, Electro Shield, or what does he call it? His Elec Energy stored in my shield. Elec Energy? Elec Energy. Lechonergy. Master, look out. The boy is escaping. He will ruin everything. Far so from G- it, my... Chico talks just like Toad? Oh, absolutely. They all do. They all talk the same. <laughs> Far from it, my lad. You forgot about the Lechonergy store. The Lechonergy. Wow, the Lechonergy. That's what I was trying to say. Not not just Electro-Energy, but it's Lechonergy. Lechonergy. I think that's kind of a cool word. Lechonergy. Lech energy. Anyways, it can repel uh, forces up to ten ton, uh, up to the forces of a ten ton truck, causing beast to fly backwards and shout "yow." Yes, and the conquistador. He then he pulls out his electro trident or whatever the heck it is, and he whips five thousand volts of pure energy at the beast. Well done, boy, but how long can you even you outrun the speed of electricity? Electricity's pretty darn fast, man. Oh, Beast is faster. And he, he proves it on the next page. He's bouncing back and forth and all around, and he's like, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna follow that Chico guy. He's going into that door. Unfor- Looks like Chico's running through an escape hatch. Unfortunately, as Beast heads towards the escape hatch, it closes. And he makes With a, a mighty whop. I didn't know Beast was racist. <laughs> Jeez. Terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Conquistador, he's got his trident out, and he's like, oh, with the power remaining in my kinetic trident, I shall. He's looking at it like it's a sonic screwdriver. He is, right? He, like, flicks it out, and he's like, oh, tip-top cheerio. Good reading here, Daleks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And uh, it, he is unable to finish his sentence because the door is blasted inward with some optic beams. Looks like I overestimated the amount of optic energy I'd need to blow that door off its hinges, says Cyclops. Save your eyeballs, Psych. Angel's here, and uh, he he's stupid. Just like Iceman, who says, You said it, anybody who can build a fortress like this, and then he gets cut off. <laughs> hey, on the floor, there's that kid we're after. Let's get him. Looks like he ran into a two-fisted wall. Chico apparently was not trying to escape, but he was running to get reinforcements, so he brought in basically his uh, SS stormtroopers. <laughs> Looks like five guys with guns. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if they're SS. They, actually, they look like dark helmet guys. 
Yeah, they have the helmets that allows them to not see. <laughs> Basically. So they're running out with their guns, and Iceman throws up a somewhat effective ice shield. <laughs> yeah, I guess if he were to throw up, it would probably be frozen, wouldn't it? Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's got to suck. Yeah, every time's the worst. Um, So, yeah, they uh, he, he does admit, though, that it's not going to hold them for long. It's uh, apparently a tactic he will not remember in the future. But uh, Beast then punches his way through a bunch of the other guards. And Iceman and Angel and and Cyclops all disarm the rest of them. They all realize they're all on the same team, so they're happy. Yeah, and that allows Iceman the ability to freeze about, oh, five of them into a big solid block of ice. Plus Chico. Chico, oh, Chico's in there too, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I mean, that's like a ton of ice there. I mean, the pressure alone, don't you think, would crush all of them? I hope none of these guys are claustrophobic. Uh, anyways, so uh, Cyclops is like, well, there you go. Neatly wrapped up, Iceman. I believe this is one of the fastest assignments we ever, we've ever handled. Yep, probably set a new record in the professor's casebook. Yeah, we're all going to get medals for this one. A but... casebook that involves two capers. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess three. Yeah, you know, he's you got to start somewhere, right? Right. Every log entry or every, whatever, every journal has a beginning entry. So Beast says, yeah, yeah, but you know what? Uh, there's also the solar collector, everybody, which makes a horrible creep. Yes, the sun is rising, bringing Noise. incredible energy to it. It's here more power than any man has ever had at his very fingertips. Those fools are too late to save the world over my first warning cataclysm. There he goes, about to press the doomsday button. I wish I had. And they get a telepathic message from the professor. No, do not attack him. Evacuate that building at once. Adam, I wish I had a doomsday button. You don't have one? <laughs> no. Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I guess one day I'll maybe get lucky enough to get myself a doomsday button. Yeah, man, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, apparently it turns out that uh, the psychic, uh, well, whatever the professor's plan was, it turns the electricity against the conquistador, and instead of entering his transmitters, it pours into him. It's pouring into me. I don't... And then his blaze blows up, killing him and everyone inside of it. Yeah, and the professor, he's like, he rolls up in the Rolls Royce, and he's like, that's my doing, friends. I used my telekinetic power to alter their circuits. Wait. I saved the day. <laughs> where's the boy? <laughs> to which, Get used to it. To which I ask, what? Telekinetic powers? Since when does the professor have telekinetic powers? Yeah, I wonder if that's a typo or if it's just bad writing. I think it's just bad writing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, apparently uh, Hank ran, kind of circled back to get his parents. That was and, nice of him to do. Yeah, 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 totally agree. We find out later that the uh, X-Men regroup at the McCoy homestead, and uh, everything's re wrapped up like a ni nice little package, because apparently the professor dropped a fantastic radio blanket over the town that erased everyone's memory of Beast's amazing powers. 
luckily everyone was in the town at the time and no one happened to be outside of the town. Yes, and Beast says so. None are any longer cognizant of the fact that I was once the boy called Beast. Too bad. I was getting fond of that name. Then we shall retain it. Welcome to the club, Beast. Everybody has a good laugh and they walk into the sunset. No, I don't know. This this is just this is just horrible. <coughs> I mean, are they trying to like well it the professor's early tactic was basically to do a mind wipe. So how about for each one of these origins, we invoke the mind wipe <laughs> just so that, you know, nobody forgets that mind wipe. How does the professor have a prepared beast suit ready for him? That's a really good question because it does say that they're at the McCoy homestead. Like it would seem that, Oh, we're going to drop you off here. You know, maybe you want, maybe you want to pick up your toothbrush and a couple of books or something. Cause we're going to take you off to the mansion. But no, they're there. He's like, oh, here you go. Why don't you take all your clothes off and put this on? <laughs> Beast is like, hey, how did you know I'm into this sort of thing? And the professor's like, not only am I telekinetic, I'm telepathic. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, the editor reminds us that we have not yet seen an angel origin, but angel was here. So how can that be? Tune in next issue for the wonderful... Hopefully, single five-page story in which Angel is just a boy delivering pizzas to the professor's mansion, and the professor says, hey, you have wings. Why don't you join my X-Men? And he says, sure, why not? Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I'd be up for that. I Make it five panels, not even five pages. <laughs> uh, there you go, folks. That's, that's something to look forward to. So um, the next issue... Uh, yeah, from the land of the pyramids or Cyclops wanted dead or alive. Peril from the land of the pyramids. There's also a letter in here from Mark Gruenwald. I think he's a comic book somebody. He totally is. I can't what did he do? I don't know, but that name is very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what did he say? Anything important? I didn't read it. Oh, just know this by Mark Gruenwald. Yeah, okay. I just noticed that. That's what I do. I notice things. I just notice things. I don't actually read or research. I just notice things. That's it. Hey, I've gotten through this podcast without reading a single issue of X-Men. <laughs> I, I phone every single issue in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, I totally agree with you. That's exactly what happened on that page. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so there you go. That was the wonderful filler Blastar and Beast backup story. I'm glad that this issue exists. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, not much to report. Haven't had too much communication. Uh, the uh, iTunes reviews remain at 26, but we're happy to have you. And uh, I guess I'm confused. Like, our Facebook le likes seem to be jogging back and forth between 59 and 60. So I don't really know where they are, actually. But Well, it's strange. I noticed that some people that um, liked it, end up not being on the like list. So if you want to like this podcast, double check to make sure you're part of our like list. Heck yeah. I, I don't know. If you don't really care that much, that's okay. That's At least you tried. Yeah, it's more of a thing for us. Yeah. Plus, plus Adam posts funny things from time to time. Very rarely. Yeah. Whenever but, I encounter funny things, which, you know, this is one slog of a life. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, nothing, nothing too much in the email or the communication uh, or the shout outs uh, arena here. So uh, I'll just but if they did want to communicate with us, how would they do it, Jeremy? I was just going to go into that reminder, Adam. Thanks for helping me. They would contact us at DangerRoom at RedCatProductions.com or they could go to Facebook.com forward slash DangerRoomPodcast or they could go out to www.RedCatProductions.com forward slash DangerRoom and check out all of the wonderful podcasts plus a little special link to our video cast of uh, episode 54. Still trying to promote that thing. And uh, they could go out to iTunes and just literally you can type in X-Men and we're the third podcast listed. Still trying to get to number two or number one, but but definitely we're number three. So you click on that. Or I think you can do Danger Room and we're like number one or something like that. And then you oh, can yeah. Twitter us at Go Danger Room Podcast. At Danger Room Go. Something Close like but no cigar. Yeah. Somebody's gotta teach us Again. how to somebody's gotta teach us how to twit and uh then we'll actually do it. Other than that, Adam, anything to add? Hey, we're hiring somebody. If you want to tweet for us, <laughs> it pays. Uh, there's no pay. It pays nothing but uh, the glory. It's all about the fame and glory. You could be like, I'm the Danger Room tweeter. It's kind of like what Short Round was to Indiana Jones. Right? No fame. time for love. <laughs> fame and glory. Okay. Anyhow, until next time, the Danger Room is closed. was that that was my stomach oh <laughs> you're I was gonna, wondering if you heard that you're gonna have to quiet that down do you need to eat a twinkie or something uh no no <laughs> i had i had some pizza apparently that pizza must have been must have been extra greasy if you know what i mean must not have agreed with you <laughs> okay back to it